0: Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut, Brian?
1: All the time, help me.
0: <laughs> I'd be happy to. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. I went on their website, looked around a little bit, and the recipe that stood out to me most, just now. Just now? Just before this. While we were prepping for the podcast? While we were prepping for the podcast, I did some some prep of my own. I had no idea. Uh, And you know, with HelloFresh, you don't have to do the meal prep. They do it for you. So I got to prep for the pod instead. Uh, and I settled on the dilly chicken. Dilly. Because food doesn't just have to be delicious. Isn't dilly what the uh, Dairy Queen call their bars? Yes. Is that what it is? No. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think it's just chicken with dill. Oh. But they call it dilly chicken. Who's dill? Does he make it for me? See a nice guy? It's an herb. Oh. But you need to get more HelloFresh. Because dinner doesn't just have to be delicious. Sometimes it can also be fun to say. Is the, That's a uh, good slogan. Thank you for their dilly chicken. It's, it's, a, it's an don't extra for Go dilly dally. Try our dilly chicken. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off. <laughs> at, at some point we got to get to the end. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh. The number one meal kit. Who can take a franchise? Reboot it just for you.
1: Despite the variant, sell a ticket or two. Jordan Peele can. Oh, Jordan Peele can. Jordan Peele can. And he did with Candyman despite it not being very good. We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you on this, the 166th episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box
0: office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah, and I'm really annoyed that last week's movies didn't also come out this week. Because I could have lumped Reminiscence and The Protégé and Third Movie Here together.
1: Third Movie Here.
0: Yeah, what was Lighthouse? it? The Nighthouse. Yes, I could have lumped them all together mm-hmm. and given a nice, robust. You get nothing, you lose. Good day, sirs. Who's that from? Also, the Willy Wonka. Oh right. Yeah, he. You. You stole fizzy lifting drink, right. etc. Right. It's the. Uh, sure. It's sure, one sure, of the sure. one of the high points of the film.
1: Um, that was very good. Oh, thank you. I uh, I lost the bit right in the middle. I was gonna go into the Jordan P. O. Can and he did I realized so I started saying, Oh, Jordan P. O. Can and he would I'm like, no no wait, there's another thing there. Um I also thought it was longer. It took me so long
0: to do that that I got to the <laughs> end I went, Oh, that's all I have. Okay, well we're going over everything what that happens. What is that? That's a uh... Oh, that's a there's a uh... that exact thing is a gag in Futurama. Oh. they try- they're trying to like write a new finale for Allie McBeal Mm -hmm. because the aliens just got it broadcast to them uh, thousands of years later and they're mad about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so Fry writes the script, but then they run out of script like right away. Mm -hmm. And they're like, Fry, you only wrote 10 pages. Like, well, it took me an hour to write. I thought it would take an hour to read. Yeah. I mean, it really was like, (laughs) I thought there
1: was more. It uh, took so long to fucking rhyme that garbage. And even at the end, I was like, I'll just squish in being very good into one very quick uh, thing. Well, um, it was worth it. Do you remember your assignment? Of course I
0: do. For your top five. Very excited to hear this. What do you got? Let me, uh, I want a quick ruling from the judges, because we've had some controversy on this in past weeks. Yeah. I, I'm going to move the mic over to this side. Wonderful. Because I'm more comfortable
1: like this. And
0: comfort is the name of the game here. Yeah. I, I was listening
1: to a podcast, and I'll tell you off mic. What it is, I don't want to slam other podcasts uh, where the someone was like m- drawing, like okay. marker drawing, yeah, and so you just hear like eee, like that's that squeaky noise, okay, and it was unprofessional and driving me fucking bananas. Why
0: on earth were they marker drawing?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't they were just know. <laughs> bored or something. They were discussing a movie, and I guess they were bored or something. Okay. Because you could just hear like squeeze squeak, 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 and I was just like, "Why are you doing this? This is you. Th- these are like professional. There's not us sure. doing bullshit. These yeah. are professional podcasters." Doing I bullshit. Was fear. I was like, "How? The, how did anybody let this happen?" Because
0: there are situations, certain podcasts I listen to, like more sports-related ones, yeah. where I can, you can frequently hear typing. A yeah, lot of typing in the background on ours as well. Yeah. Oh, sure. But like, they're, we're looking up stats. We're looking looking things up. Uh, and so I that that to me. Like, I don't care. I, there's looped. clickety-clacks. That's it's fine. True. But why would someone be marker drawing? So
1: close to the mic. And there's another podcast I've listened to in the past where someone did like to draw during it. Okay. And you never really heard it, except for maybe once. So there's a way to get around sure, this. Sure, with somebody, a pencil. If somebody has a little nervous habit that they like to do. But God
0: damn it. Uh, anyway. So anyway, quick ruling from the judges, being you. Yeah. Uh, Phil Hartman, yay or nay? He's been in 52 episodes of The Simpsons, which I, is Last week, I did...
1: I think I specified last week that Lionel Hutz would work... Well, last week I specified that um, Lionel Hutz and so on I would consider to be part of the surrounding characters. Yes, Whereas Sideshow Bob, I do not. And also, at the end of that segment last week, I said I will count the voice actors who do the smaller characters like the Krabapples and such. So okay. I am including him. All right, so Phil Hartman is Also, in. because R.I.P. that dude's a fucking...
0: Goat and let's, I let's do it. Uh, then uh, apologies to our honorable mention, Julie Kavner.
1: Oh,
0: just because she doesn't do just a lot not, just it. Just not, just not enough variety.
1: Just so, Patty and Selma and her mom.
0: Yeah, they're all, those are all those are all the same voice <sighs> with so a different f- pitch. Good as I know, she's incredible. She's incredibly all good, fine. but they're all incredibly good. Fine, it's fine. a it's a tough card. So top five Simpsons voice actors, uh-huh. uh, main and supporting cast. Yeah. Number five is Nancy Cartwright. Bart? Uh, uh, who else does she do? Do you have a list of she these? Do, she does... I, I have a list of all the... Uh, some of the notable ones. Not all the notable ones so for she, everyone. Does she do Nelson she, also? Yeah, she does, like, a lot of the... the uh, a lot of The school children. children. She does Bart, Nelson, Ralph, Wiggum. Uh-huh. Is the uh, the yeah. reverse order of interest for yeah. me, actually. I. Uh, Ralph, Ralph Wiggum is like yeah sure is the voice there sure. Nelson is great and like Bart's Bart's iconic that's fine but uh, is not the reason Nancy made the list mm-hmm. uh, over say Julie Kavner for mm-hmm. instance but a little more variety there so Nancy comes in at number five uh, number four is where we find Phil Hartman mm. uh, which as you'll uh, you'll see in a minute the top the top three is. Uh, indis- indistinguishable from each other and just iconic yeah, in big every way. Phil Hartman just only has uh, those two supporting characters, really. He apparently played Fat Tony once.
1: Yes, I just recently uh, heard that
0: episode. Okay. It was one, I, every time I hear it, it is strange. But, but, uh, but yeah, he's Troy McClure and Lionel Hutz. Uh, just iconic characters and his clone. and his voice is uh his voice is one for the ages i do uh i do have a guess on your th- so you three are obviously
1: harry Shear, hank azaria and dan Castellaneta. yes unless you're
0: throwing me a curveball no. and
1: giving me yardley no um who sometimes does like background to other characters but uh all right so i'm gonna throw in last place i'm gonna say azaria
0: Correct. Hank Azaria comes in at number three. Yeah. Uh, just because spiked by controversy. He has, uh, sure, and that's I did. I didn't knock the points off for that. Uh, but I would. Is, I but, would put him number three. Be like, listen, I'm absolutely fine with people not liking, you know, Apu
1: and whatnot. Yeah. No. I. So
0: he's at three. I'm fine with that. I just yeah. I I found that looking in the list, uh, Hank Azaria does a lot more like a a wide breadth of sort of smaller yeah, roles, sure, and has relatively fewer like. Big name heavy hitters. Though he does do Chief Wigum, incredible. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Superintendent Chalmers, uh, incredible. And also uh, caught my eye after the episode we watched uh, last night. Uh, he does Kirk Van Houten, who uh, it was like,
1: "Get off our property!" <laughs> yes,
0: I uh, I did.
1: Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite. One of my favorite. I think maybe my favorite Chalmers bit is. By the way. Who Shot Burns Part One uh-huh. is an iconic episode. There are so many things in that that, like that episode, does not get enough like reference because that people think of them as just two, and the sure. second one is just very kind of bland. That first one
0: is fucking powerhouse. I think I think I might know what Chalmers uh, you obviously are referencing it is. here. It's
1: Skinner. Why is it the one yeah. I heard the word yeah. school and the word exploded? I immediately <laughs> thought of the word Skinner. I yes. mean, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. Also, uh, the
1: yeah. byline is in that episode. What's that behind your hand? It's an unrelated article. An unrelated article. In the banner headline. <laughs> God, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. Awful school is awful rich. Yeah. Uh, it's a great episode. Um, all right. So, yeah. He also, speaking of Azaria, I want to point out that uh, he does, uh, I just watched the episode where Lisa, it was also, Bur- sorry, it's Burns part two, where Lisa comes in with the evidence that she knows who did it or can't be her dad, whoever it is. And, uh, and she gives this whole evidence as to why. And then uh, Wiggum just goes, uh, it's good thinking, Lou. And he goes, oh, thanks, Chief. And <laughs> <laughs> she's like, no, I said it. But um, there is a moment at the end of an, an episode, I can't remember which. Oh, it's the one where uh, Bart's dog goes to the blind guy. Okay. And they find pot. And they start smoking it. And then the camera's just kind of pulling out of the house. And uh, Jamin plays. You know, we're yeah. And Wigum and you don't see them, but Wiggum and Lou both sing it together. Like Wigum, and it's just his his Aria clearly in a suit. Just going, oh, I I love this song. We're jamming, and then Lou's like, yeah, we're jamming. and it's just it's just such a delight because it's off the cuff. It's such a delight to just watch this low key banter between yeah.
0: the two. I, uh, yeah, Hank's Azaria does uh, does excellent work. Uh, All right, so then I'm gonna and say and your, your curveball, your two is Cass and Aletta. No, that would be insane. Uh, I mean, no, it wouldn't be insane uh, because Harry Shearer does in fact have Harry Shearer doing a S- long list. Smithers of, and Burns, he does in the same recording, is just one of the gr- coolest things. That's true. He also, uh, in addition to uh, Burns and Smithers, didn't even make my short list because I had to oh, keep it reasonable what? here. It was I wrote down four names. Everyone else got three. Okay. Uh, he gets four names, and they were Burns, Kent Brockman, Reverend Lovejoy. And Principal Skinner. Lovejoy is one of my favorites to do. Just him...
1: Mar- no, I can't do it. I need like a specific word for him.
0: But um, what was the other one you said? Uh, Principal Skinner. He does Flanders. Yes, he does. He does... He does this is what I'm saying. Harry Shearer does like 30... like Just main, he also does important... Like, we
1: just watched the Elephant episode. He does the, 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 the DJs, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Which just yeah.
1: like that cadence of a voice is just always great for me. Him doing that like, uh,
0: Bill and Marty here. Um, yeah. Don't praise the machine.
1: <laughs> how does he keep up with the news like that? Yeah. <laughs> Those clowns in Washington. Uh, um, yeah.
0: But no, It is Castellaneta. He, could, he could not supplant Dan Castellaneta for one reason. Uh, and it helped that I had just watched this episode with Katie. The very first Treehouse of Horror, mm-hmm. when they do the Raven... Oh, and he does the Raven as Homer mm-hmm. is like give give him a Nobel Prize plus
1: Cartwright's Nevermore.
0: Yes, Nevermore. <laughs>
1: nevermore. Um, oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> yeah. That's I mean that's a good. I just who else does he do? He does. Uh, he does uh, Barney. I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, he does Barney. He does. Uh, I put down. He's uh, he Grandpa Simpson. He does Grandpa uh, Quimby, is an important one. Krusty yeah. the Clown, and. Uh, Low-key important, blue-haired lawyer. The squeaky oh, voice guy. great. How many people in this courtroom. courtroom are thinking about shooting her right now?
1: You know who's a... You know who we should have done as a top five uh, lower cast members? Because Lindsay Nagel. I think it's Marsha Wallace who does Lindsay Nagel. Okay. Who I find delightful every single time she talks. I sure. love that Lindsay Nagel voice. Um... Yeah, is good. I, j- I just find his variance of voices... Like, once we get past Grandpa, like, Barney's fine. I just... There's not as much texture difference in the other ones, whereas I think, like, you know, Hank Azaria and Shear just, like, disappear into their work. Like, I yeah. just can't tell that that one does that one as well, whereas Castaneda, I can tell, like, you know... Crusty is just Homer's
0: guy. I think, I think that's true, but right. I, I think uh, I think Homer and specifically Homer in Homer in the Raven, doing the Raven with Homer's voice, is like that, that's like Wilt Chamberlain dropping a hundred, like can cannot be matched.
1: For who in... Homer? Who was it? Who said?
0: No, I said just Homer doing the Raven oh, okay. as Homer Simpson wow. is high praise. Is like give him a separate Emmy just for that. Um. Off the top of my head, she
1: uh, top to bottom, Shear, uh probably Azaria. I think your top three are right, just in a slightly different order. I'm going to go Kavner at four. And I'd have to look at the other guy. I'd have to look at Marshall Wallace and, L- and Pamela, whatever her name was. Okay. Can't think of it now. Because uh, whoever does Krabopol, I mean, Krabopol's just. Yeah. There's, well, we we I just watched the the grade school confessions where you know which I think is a dumb ending where Skinner announces that he's a virgin. I just think it's pointless. It's okay. okay. I also don't like when the show like oversexes their characters. Like I don't need to know that Skinner's never had sex. I don't need to, to picture that. But there's the great moment where they're they he says that and then they're showing the crowd. So Skinner and Krabappel are out of frame. And then just goes, does this mean Krabappel's also a virgin? And she go, <laughs> just in the background. Yeah. You don't see her. She's great.
0: Uh, Marsha Wallace is Kravchuk.
1: Yeah, uh, R.I.P. Too. Indeed. Um, Pamela Hayden. I don't know what her name is,
0: but uh, yeah, there's a thousand of them. But that's, uh, that's a good list.
1: All right, top five of what we're actually
0: talking about. Oh, the box office. This I think uh, so. this podcast about the box office that we do. Yeah, what sometimes? was the box
1: office for Chris Rock's film? Top five. Uh, hello? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he also said before, during the press tour of that that like, if this movie doesn't do, well, I'm never going to direct a movie. <laughs> And it didn't.
0: All right. So. And he hasn't. No, nope. <laughs> But he did star in Spiral.
1: He, uh, he didn't direct it. No. He, he came with the story for it, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, now, our top five for this week. Uh, Candyman, the film, did open at number one with $22 million. Free Guy came in at number two with $13.1 million a 28.9% drop, which might just be the feature presentation, I don't know, I don't write the the outline, but that's really low, that currently has 78.9 million, Paw Patrol the movie came out at number three with 6.6 million, that was a 49.4% drop, bringing it to a total of 24.1, Jungle Cruise at number four with 5 million dollars, that was a 21.2% drop, also quite low. It has crossed $100 million and has $100 million. And Don't Breathe 2 came in at number 5 with 2.8. That was a 43.4% drop. That has $24.6 million. Uh, no, our future presentation is Candyman. Yeah, yeah, that's um, That's right,
1: but just like, damn, Free Guy. Well, we'll definitely talk about Free Guy, but it's in its third weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, I, that's, you, are, you are right, of course. I do want to mention... With Candyman, that I think this is all Jordan Peele. It had a great trailer. Uh, You know, we haven't had a horror movie proper in a while, right? You know, Don't Breathe Two, notwithstanding, and Escape Room Two, and I was an event horror movie. You know, about The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. That was in June, two months ago. Good lord! Uh, was early (laughs) June. Also on HBO Max at the same time. Um, This is theatrically exclusive. Thank you, Universal. I do want to so. Okay, when this was supposed to come out in June, I think of twenty twenty, uh, and the first trailer dropped. Okay, there was word around certain sectors, and I agreed with them that this could be a big breakout hit. You know, it's Jordan Peele's name. It's got a great trailer. It's a movie from. It's a sequel to a movie that everyone's kind of familiar with, to not familiar with, but it doesn't seem like you need to know. But I, I, I bet you know. Portion of the people seeing this movie this weekend didn't even know it was a reboot. Sure, they didn't even they didn't even know the first one existed. Um, so it just seemed like another event film targeting a specific demographic, uh, and was you know socially con Jordan Peele socially conscious people assume, right? Um, and so there was talk that like oh this is going to be a huge thing when this opens. And then uh, the pandemic happened, and it got pushed, it got pushed, and everyone's like, well, when that opens, it's going to be huge. It got theaters reopened, it got slated to, to I thought, September, apparently, August, uh, where people said, okay, well, that's going to break big, you know. And then the box office was waning and up and down and whatnot. And then going into this weekend, I kept thinking, you know, we would see the trailers, and I was going, oh, I think this is going to be huge. I think people are going to come out for this. And then when the weekend started... There were projections that were like you know it's sli- slated open to, from between fifteen to nineteen, and I, I and I looked at that the, last week and I go what do you mean? This is this is easy money like I'm not right. saying this is opening to forty but this is clearly over twenty five this is a big deal, and so this now this weekend uh, as the weekend went on and it made nine million on Friday and it's it, then then it was like it's gonna get to twenty now it's a twenty two, the Reception is just more and more. This is such a nice surprise. Look, look at it. It did so well, right? And it it did all things considering. It's a cheap movie. I think feel like it was made for less than thirty million dollars. Um, although I am going to check that. It, it's a cheap movie. It doesn't star you know big names. It's a sequel to a movie that no one's heard of. Jordan Peele didn't direct it. He co wrote it. It does have his name all over every credentials. Yeah, it cost twenty five million to make. Um, and we're in a pandemic that could be getting, it is worse than it was when theaters reopened. So this is a success, uh, in all respects of the word. You look at the per theater average, 6,000, it's double the next thing in the marketplace. People went out to see this. We saw it at a pretty crowded screening in Dolby, uh, this weekend. So... This is a success, it's just, and the media is painting it as such, because projections were lower than I thought they were going to be. So, in my mind, 22 is like, it's a little disappointing, but everyone else is saying it's a success, and I like successes, and again, it's going to recoup its budget. It has a B-Cinema score, so people generally liked it. Uh, it's pretty good for a horror movie. And uh, despite Shang-Chi next weekend, there's not going to be a whole lot interfering with this, I don't think, um, for, for until October, probably. So, we'll see what happens next weekend, but um, this could uh, hold on and uh, get close to 50, maybe, which would be really nice. Yeah. I think... Uh, We're definitely getting a sequel at this point, if,
0: if the people involved want to do it. Right. Not Universal. Universal would want it, but... Part of the, uh, part of the reception of like what a, what a success at Candyman is, has mm-hmm. got to be... Uh, because I, b- I believe I saw it said that this is the first ever uh, black woman director uh, at number one at the box office? Correct. Uh, it you, is, yeah, and that's you know one of those things that both very cool and pretty sad uh, all at once. Yeah, but uh, if you chose if you choose to look at it just the right way, pretty cool. It is very, uh, cool. very, uh, very good milestone. Can you can, uh, you can uh, in an interesting bit of irony, you can blame Black
1: Panther for not giving that to Ava DuVernay when A Wrinkle in Time made like thirty plus million that weekend. Ah. So, like, one one was good for the other, but it's like, oh, come on. Can you can I have a little bit of room? Um, I think Wrinkle in Time opened over 30. Did it bomb that horribly? Uh, maybe. I'm going to check. Wrinkle in Time. Search. Click.
0: This is how fast this is, folks. Click. Now I'm not going to be able to use Wrinkle in Time for did it make more or less than open water. Well, it... It opened in March, so have, <laughs> I'm
1: sure I'll forget about it. Uh, yeah, it opened in second place with $33 million against the fourth weekend of Black Panther, which made 40 because it dropped 38%. So it, this should have happened two, uh, three years
0: ago, but it didn't. Um, that's, that's, I'm going to go ahead and blame that on Disney and being unable to open movies for some reason. Yeah,
1: sure. Well, they, just, they, just uh, they, opened, Bla- they opened Black Panther. Yeah, well... Um,
0: no, they didn't. They bought the studio that opened Black Panther. They have their own studio, and that studio can do it. No, well, it, but it's it can. Which we'll talk about buy other studios. They did something do it which, just fine. That's
1: all Bob Iger's legacy is that he couldn't open a franchise, but he bought Pixar and Marvel and Star Wars and 20th Century Fox. And so, <laughs> and so congratulations. What do you mean? Of course, we're a success. Are you though? Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Uh. No, Candyman's. Uh. Uh, hit it's not the breakout hit i would have thought but i think in normal times this is getting easy thir- over 30 um so 22 in a pandemic i will take that um just because it's a theatrical uh exclusive so yeah. that's nice all right uh also what else is happening uh, opening weekend. Anything else open this weekend? Uh, An I mean, egg rescue. I don't know what that is. Nobody uh, does. Uh, in, no, nothing else open. In this their weekend. second weekends, Paul Patrol the movie, which opened really decently with like over thirteen, dropped about fifty percent. It has twenty four. I think that that makes sense. This seems like the kind of movie that would overperform, and then everyone who could possibly want to see it did. Right. <laughs> and now it's going to be done. Uh, having said that, it's going to get over $30 million, and it has currently, hold on to your hat, $62 million worldwide still. Wow. Um, so I'm now looking to see how much this costs to make. And it is $26 million, so we'll probably get a sequel from this too. It's a hit, which makes sense.
0: Paw Patrol, as far as I know, and I know very little about this sector, is like the biggest thing on the planet for children. So I, I know, uh, again, very little, but some, yeah. and I agree. I think Paw Patrol is a big fucking deal. Also in its second weekend, The Protégé opened
1: to two, basically $3 million last weekend. It dropped 43%. Not a whole lot to talk about here. It gets, it has $5 million right now. Same with The Night House. That dropped harder. Also has $5 million. And Reminiscence, um, the movie that I think we saw 90 trailers for, uh-huh. uh, opened with just under $2 million last weekend. Now, that per theater average was $597. Well, that's really It dropped bad. 58%. It made $820,000 this weekend for a per theater average... Of two, $251. I think, and I, this is what I want to talk about very briefly. Let's. This whole summer we've been saying, how can we delineate really what, you know, whether debuting in home is really affecting the box office and blah, 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 blah. Sure. Reminiscence, a movie starring movie stars. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, movie stars. Uh, and a big sci-fi thing. Open to and is going to make far less than The Night House, which I saw one trailer for and stars Rebecca Hall, and The Protégé, which stars Maggie Q and Samuel Jackson in a movie that just looks like complete garbage. So I think and those two movies are not available anywhere else. Reminiscence, HBO Max. I think this is the clearest example of it was available, otherwise it would be at least in the same range as those other movies nobody wanted to see. But it's bombing so hard because everyone who could want to see it is just like, I'm just gonna do it here.
0: Maybe. Though I think I think also the fact that it's making so little money at theaters mm-hmm. also indicates to me that nobody's watching it on HBO Max either. It's probably because true. This, like all the all the movies we've been talking about that May or may not have made more money in theaters if they weren't streaming. Didn't open to two million dollars. Hugh Jack- like Hugh Jackman, is not like a Leonardo DiCaprio type of like. He did guy have a he did have a
1: run a movie, of but, The Greatest Showman. Uh, Real Steel made a lot of money. Yeah,
0: that's this is kind of what I'm saying. Like Hugh Jackman, uh, from my, my understanding of our conversations in the past, is kind of a big deal. Yeah. he's he's very selective. He's yeah. hardly in anything. Yeah. Uh, so this this movie should have been a bigger deal. It should have opened to twelve million dollars, and we should have been talking about like, could it have made fifteen plus? Right. Opening to two million dollars, I think the movie was just clearly going to be a an unmitigated disaster. Do you think even if like, it was the most exclusive release in the history do you think of there time? Were
1: two million dollars with the people that just watched it that weekend. Maybe, I don't know. That's what I'm. Wondering. I I, I th- I'm wondering if the protege and the night house were also available on a streaming service that was prominent. Yeah, would they have made less than reminiscence?
0: Maybe, but I'm. I'm but I don't, I've, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying it's not like a factor here. I'm just saying that if reminiscence was a like a Fox movie, yeah, uh, or a Universal Fox. movie. Fox. Uh yeah, there are no Fox movies. Uh, no, they, I mean they're not called Fox. Yeah, if it, was, 20th if it was if it was if it was a Universal if it was a Universal movie, I think it might have made like two and a half million dollars, I mean... maybe three million dollars. But I think it just had it had nothing going for it at all. It really apparently, at
1: all and we thought it would bomb. You know, we, I think before it was released, we were like, is that getting over ten? We we're both like, no. Turns out it's not getting over not even close. Three. <laughs> It's Um, insane. It's insane. What else is happening this week? Where did my list go? Here we go. Uh, In spotlights, Free Guy, as you said, dropped under 30. Uh, Last weekend, I think it had kind of a – yeah, it dropped 35 last weekend. Now it dropped 30. Uh, That's – I feel like we're – unless it gets crushed by Shang-Chi, distributed by Disney, Free Guy distributed by – Disney. So unless they bite themselves in the ass with this, I think this is getting over a hundred and a very fun leggy walk to a hundred million dollars. We're definitely getting a sequel to this flick at some point. I would guess it's over. It's gonna very close to getting over two hundred million worldwide. All that kind of stuff. Jungle Cruise cross a hundred million domestic. Yeah, that's really exciting. It has it has just under two hundred million. It got greenlit for a sequel today, Ah. starring the two people that are in it. Jungle twos. Uh, It cost $200 million to make, so either Mendelssohn pointed this out, Scott Mendelssohn informs, either it really did make a lot of money on Disney+, Plus, or they really want us to think it did, in the hopes of selling the sequel as, like, that one was a big hit, now here's this one. I said it at the time, that if people really like it and they come out for it, it could be the case of a breakout sequel they need to, and the rock needs to understand he thinks he's great at business. He needs to understand 150 million is your cap here. Yeah. You're not going you're not getting 200 million for a sequel. This did not make that kind of money. It was not on the screen. You do not get it.
0: Let me let me let me go But it's def, me, they're definitely getting the same budget. Sure. Let me go a step farther. Make it for 100. They uh, they right. you know I I Come know. On. I know. He, I he's know. getting
1: 20 million up front. Plus back end. And you,
0: she's probably getting about 7 Maybe two. Then, then you gotta make it for seventy-two. <laughs> I'm just why not make it for four dollars? <laughs> just do that. <laughs> the computers just do a computer. If the people that Disney can afford right. can't find a way to make a good-looking Jungle Cruise two uh-huh. for seventy-two million dollars, yeah, which is I, I know, I know, it's all relative, but still a lot of money. They should be in a different line of work. I guarantee you, it can be done. Realistically, they need to cap it at 150. It'd be great if it cost 100. I'd be thrilled. The skyscraper costs 100, I think. Yeah, looked fine. Uh, was, this is also Jungle it Cruise also took did, place in one location. Jungle Cruise didn't, didn't look great.
1: Go shoot on a river. The first half of it didn't. It Go. wasn't until they got to like all the. You know, misshapen things. I, I think it's, it's
0: still the, the aesthetic was bad. I don't like find, I don't find, don't find like the that that river little, and shoot there. I like that town they were in. I thought that was well
1: constructed. All right. Uh, point is, got over a hundred million uh, with this sequel. They, I think, they have their first franchise since National Treasure in two thousand and four. Actually, the sequel to National Treasure came on two thousand seven. But this is the first film to get a sequel, a homegrown sequel. Since 2004. That's a lot of time. Sure. It it finally, finally happened. Uh, And I think that's all I got for Spotlights. Uh, So I'm done over here.
0: All right. Well, then it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Did it it make make more more or or less than open water? water? We all know how to play. I, I think name so. a movie. And you tell me whether it made more or less than open water right. at that's the box office. That's what it is. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yeah, I am. Your first movie is Snitch.
1: Sn- Snitch came out in... Uh, what, what, is, what is the date here? The date? Uh, oh, that's not what we're doing. Sorry. No. <laughs> Snitch with The Rock. Uh, I'm going
0: to say more. I think they got to 40. Yeah, Maybe Faster of, got to 40 uh snitch did make more yeah i believe you were correct i don't have the numbers in front of me 2013 correct as well
1: yeah i just i had a conversation with ariel on our trip about about the Rock snitch f- no, about the rocks filmography okay. about how he's is he really a movie star okay yeah is he sure okay he's well, a modern on. movie
0: star what's that he's a modern movie star i'm just okay
1: well, hold on so the mummy returns right yeah uh, and then what
0: happens what and then what happens after The Mummy Returns. Then he's
1: in The Scorpion King, which makes an okay... It opens huge, and then it just doesn't do really anything after that. It makes an okay amount of money. Sure. All right? Then he's in... Hold on, let me just pull up the thing. Then he's in uh, The Rundown. Again, made a fair amount of money. It's not as big a hit as I, It made $80 million worldwide, cost 85 So, you know, back then, DVD sales... Okay. Walking Tall... Same thing, just him that time. He doesn't have Sean Liam Scott, hot off American Pie, whatever. Walking Tall is just him. What about cost, Johnny
0: Knoxville. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cost forty six. He's on. He's the only one on the poster. Okay. That's what I mean. Uh, forty cost forty six, made fifty seven. Again, like eh, okay, sure. All right. Then he's a supporting player in Be Cool, yeah. an ensemble film. He's in Doom, which bombed. He his only turn as a villain, as far as I recall, in a big movie. Southland Tales was uh, our boy. Uh, Richard, uh, what's his, Richard Kelly's, uh, flop. Okay. Uh, Gridiron Gang, so now we're into dramas, not blockbusters, just small dramas. Sure. Right, that cost $30 million, it made 41 So Okay. uh, he's in the game plan, now we get into his childhood phase. This is where he really can hit big. 22 budget, 146 Not an action movie, though. Fine. But, uh, and also not a blockbuster, cost 22 but a big hit for him. Then he's in Get Smart again, supporting also the villain actually at the end of that. Spoilers. Uh, Race to Witch Mountain, which is sold as a Disney flick more than a rock flick, cost 50 million, made 100, so just doubled it. Didn't really do anything. He's in Planet 51, which is a notorious bomb. He's in the Tooth Fairy, trying to get the Game Plan thing back. That cost 48, double what the Game Plan made, made 112, so not as big of a hit, but I guess we can get past that. He has a cameo in the other guys. He's uh, uh, he's in Faster, which is a gritty action film directed by George Tillman Jr. Cost twenty four million, made thirty five. Nobody saw it. R rated movies with him. He started to get into the small R rated films. Uh, this is where Snitch also comes in, also R rated. I won't look at how much that made. Oh, well, I can look at it now. Yeah, I got yeah, both. Got those right. I have both those questions right. Uh, cost twenty five, made fifty seven. So I, I, like I knew, that was a little bit. Yeah. Ahead. Then after Faster, a year later, Fast Five. Now. It's not that The Rock's a huge star and he's joining the franchise. It's that The Rock has joined this big personality. This big presence is joining another big presence and they're going to fight. It also was tailor-made for his swagger. So that was a big thing for him. Then he joined Journey 2. So now he's just joining franchises that he did not create. Okay. Journey 2, uh, which is the sequel to Journey to the the Earth, cost $80 million, made 335 This was in the height of 3D. So that that helped a lot. Um then he's in GI Joe Retaliation. Again, a sequel to a franchise that he did not start. That one obviously didn't spawn another movie. Cost 130 to 155, it made just under 400. So, okay, then he's in Pain and Gain, R-rated Michael Bay going lower budget this time. Cost 26, made 86, but he's in that with a bunch of people, right? Mark Wahlberg's the star of that movie. Then he's in Fast and Furious 6. We know what that is. Uh, he's in a direct-to-video film called Empire State. Hercules, as we know, didn't spawn a franchise. That was like his first, as you can tell, uh-huh. in a very long time since the Fast and Furious cloud for him to start a franchise on his own. Sure. And it didn't. It didn't make enough money to. How did it do, though? It did uh, $100 million budget, 244 Okay. So not enough to spawn a franchise, even though it's pretty good. Then he's in San Andreas. Now we get the Rock against uh, a concept. So Rock against a, an earthquake. That one's a huge hit. Hundred and ten budget, four seventy four. That's the Rock in movie star mode. That's like the big hit. Then he's in Central Intelligence. Also a big hit. Cost fifty two seventeen. But he's there with Kevin Hart, who's like red hot. Kevin sure. Hart. Then he's in Moana, animated. I don't really give him a lot of credit for that success. Uh, then Fate of the Furious, Baywatch, flop. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, he's got a big cast around him, and again, The Rock with a fun premise. Him as a you know teenager, whatever the first one is. Second one. Then Rampage just barely squeaked by, uh, 120 to 140 budget for 28. So just just a big enough hit, just cross 100 million here. That's all it did, was just a little bit over 100. It really okay. made its money overseas. Then he's in uh, Skyscraper, which as we talked on this podcast, flop. Sure cost uh 125 again props for keeping that budget in check on skyscraper 125 made 304 all of that overseas <laughs> really didn't make any money here then Hobbs and shaw did pretty okay jumaji next level well it's a sequel to a well liked hit with a bunch of people in it big money for him and then we get to jungle cruise him and emily blunt just crossed 100 million so is there a case that he's a big movie star he really doesn't have many him propelling the
0: grosses of these movies. I mean, if you're... If if the case is, is he a big movie star in the way that, like, Tom Cruise was? Or Tom Hanks? Mm-hmm. Or, like, movie stars in the 80s and 90s, etc. were? No, mm-hmm. nobody is. It doesn't exist anymore, except for the people that already were. However, what I just heard was a very long string that I'd say... at like 80% upwards was success. Maybe not franchise starting success. Maybe not the rock on his own draws everyone to the crowd success, but sustained success. Nonetheless, that I don't think you would see if a similar, like a lister of the day was in all those movies. If Chris Hemsworth was in all those movies, i will all but guarantee you they would not have done as well. A like across the board more sure. or less Like well, so so yes I think that The Rock has managed to uh, cultivate his career in a certain way uh, in a successful way uh, and he is a movie star in the modern sense I'm just in saying that he is he is value added without being necessarily like value in and of itself but the persona of The Rock uh-huh. is
1: that he's the biggest movie star in the world yeah He's the cream of the crop. He uh-huh. is. You. He wants to use Jungle Cruise, $200 million. That is not a good investment. He is not pulling in that kind of money. He does not have the history to pull in that kind of money. And his movies, especially recently, flop just as much as their hits. San Andreas, for every San Andreas, you have a skyscraper. For every Central Intelligence, you have a Baywatch. It's back and forth. It's not one over the other. So... He is not the biggest movie star in the world. He needs a franchise or some buddies with him. That's all I'm saying. That, that is, could be the definition of the modern movie star. I agree with yeah. you that they have to be in the right role. But the persona of him being this enormous global superstar,
0: the biggest movie star in the world, is not accurate to me. I also think you're putting a little too much credit in the hands of his buddies, who oftentimes are Karen Gillan and Jack Black.
1: Okay, well, those movies also starred Kevin Hart, who is... That's true, he was the fourth one. (laughs) Who is is, uh, more of a movie star as far as budgets and success go than Dwayne Johnson. Or at least was a few years
0: ago. Um, uh, Just saying, maybe maybe put that in the hands of Kevin Hart, but Jack Black and Karen Gillan are not... No, negating the success there. I agree. I think that if it's just him alone, I think Emily Blunt's a big deal with the
1: two Quiet Place films. Sure, Mary Poppins made a fair, okay amount of business, but um, Baywatch, who was supposed to have Zac Efron, that didn't pull through. Uh, Rampage barely crossed a hundred. Hercules was just him alone, and everything else is uh, recently is a Fast
0: and Furious adventure. Yeah, I, I, I just think that all the all the people i'm thinking of are marvel people but you put put robert downey jr in skyscraper uh or san andreas rather okay. san andreas was the big one skyscraper was the bad one right uh yeah put robert downey jr in san andreas it's not likely to be a hit in the same way i think right. the i think the rock carries that boom potential with him even if it's not like a, it's not a guaranteed home run every time it could. I'm just. I'm. I'm just saying that he's not this like
1: infallible box office presence that that the everyone just thinks he is. That's all, all right. That's I will.
0: I will leave the last word with you then. All right. What do uh, you got? Haywire. Uh. More. Less. Mm. Two thousand and fifteen. Twelve. I was gonna go earlier and then yeah. I decided later. Shit. Alright, all right. Uh, so this is still anybody's game. If The Rock was in Haywire, would it have made more or less than open water? Mm. I don't know, but it wouldn't have been a big hit. <laughs> Maybe not. He doesn't do all well those low-scale action pictures. Final film. We're going a little bit farther back to Pay It Forward!
1: Wow. I, th- I think the fact that you picked Pay It Forward, I'm going to say
0: more. It is more, but I didn't... Uh, because like then what you could have picked any random movie from back then. I just I I found Pay It Forward to be like it's it stood out to me. I remember that movie from back Kevin then. Spacey. Uh, you, Kevin Spacey. Oh, was that Kevin Spacey? Dua. Was that Kevin Spacey? Yeah, he played the school
1: guy. Yeah, the, yeah, it was the teacher
0: who then um, fell
1: in love with the mom or some shit.
0: Yeah. I have a
1: Haley Joe got poked in the stomach yeah, once. And I have a, I've I've
0: told you I've told you this story mm-hmm. I'm sure before and I may have told it on the pod, but I don't think I watched. This watched like 80 percent of that movie with my parents uh, shortly after it came out we had rented it i fell asleep because i was a uh, young boy uh okay. they finished it i wanted to finish watching it the next day and they were like no you can't <laughs> 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 why Have you ever gone like... back
1: and finish it or just
0: been told whatever. no i've just been told whatever i think i've seen the clip <sighs> of him dying but but yeah and it, it wasn't even that like it was too like harsh for my young sensibilities. Yeah. I think it just made them mad and they're like, No, you're not watching oh, that fucking that's interesting. movie. <laughs> I could see your dad doing that. I think your yeah. mom might have been like, I don't think you need to see a kid get stabbed. Maybe.
1: It's just Plenty such of a reasons. it was clearly them being like, We don't really want to like actually put a thing in you know, like even like a retractable blade. He was holding if I recall I haven't seen a while. Such a little point. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that came out in two think 2000 or 2001 i'm gonna say 2000 correct okay so i thought was one
0: both points there i uh, have the poster notes
1: no i just donated it i had the poster
0: okay i never hung it up but i had it <laughs> why would you i don't know I. Uh, that's a uh, a solid four-point victory congratulations right. uh now we move on to come and gone from a theater near you brian are you ready to go back in time yeah the year is 2006 Put the microphone back with me. Wonderful. Two thousand and six. Invincible. Cannot be stopped. Oh,
1: Invincible's on the top of the box office. It what is, is what on is the top? What's the date for what's the, the, the second
0: straight? This is September first. So, so this is, this is Labor, Labor Day. Labor Day. Weekend. Uh, and so I, as always, we'll <sighs> leave it up to you whether you are giving me. Uh, we'll see, I'll tell you
1: when I know the movie. Sure. I will need a hint though.
0: All right. So we're. I start- want say horror. Uh, well, we're starting. One of them is horror esque. I think you'd call it horror. Horror esque. Uh, I. Right. I just I think it's a uh, well. We'll get to there. But the first the first one we're doing action. Is it like a transporter movie? Uh, you're on
1: the right track. Transporter Two. In a way. The machine? No, not the mechanic. Not not Transporter Two. So it, he said I'm in the right way. Sounds like it's a Statham, but I don't know what else he was in. Crank. Crank. He was in Crank. Was it Crank? It was Crank. Yeah. Crank, Crank came out. A movie which people love, and I never really cared for. Never uh, seen it. Opened with got a sequel. I'm gonna say
0: open eleven. Ten point four. Very nice. close. Very nice. well done. Uh, could not quite topple Invincible's twelve point one.
1: I but Invincible was. What a boy,
0: that's why I Invincible.
1: Like this is why people think that uh, the Labor Day weekend's a bad weekend of movies.
0: Sure. Just open good movies that excite people. That's a good point. Shang-Chi, cough, cough. Uh, instead, you could open a horror-esque movie. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. There. I, what do you got? Well, I I, th- I, think, yeah, let's let's just say it is horror. It is a mm. remake. Oh, The Mist? No. A remake. One
1: missed call. No. The cell, uh, the cell phone. No. No cell phones. What is that in this called, film? though? The other one that's not one miscall. call.
0: Uh, pulse. Does that have cell phones? I think so. Is a pulse. No, no cell phones in okay. this film. No cell phones in the film at yeah. all. I I would be sh- I would be shocked. So I've it never seen place, this film, but I would be shocked. Takes place in
1: the past, my friends. It, not
0: Amityville that made money. Uh, go a uh, clue. Okay. It takes uh, place in the past, we have seen the original. Of this film in the past, Wicker Man. Year, yeah, yeah, that was too good of a clue. It was the Wicker Man. Not in the past, but in a weird I, island. I bet there, I bet there is.
1: Uh, I bet he does pull out a cell phone and goes, "There's no service." That could. Well,
0: be. What'd you do with the
1: service?
0: <laughs> we gave it to the bees. He yells about everything in that movie. <laughs> of course, he does. Uh, it was the Wicker Man. My phone says I'm out of minutes. Quite, um, quite the meme film.
1: Yeah, the it's Wicker Man
0: made,
1: oh man, what did that make? I'd say an eight, nine point six. I have no idea
0: what that made. Wow. Uh, these were both, of course, the uh, three-day totals. Okay. In, a, in uh, Labor Day adjusted terms, Crank made twelve point eight. The Wicker Man made eleven point seven.
1: I didn't see either of those movies in theaters. Uh, did you see
0: Invincible? I did, but I probably saw it the weekend before. I right. My guess. That would make sense. That's all we have. What else is out? Labor Read Day the chart. What else is out? Little Miss Sunshine saw. is in its sixth no week. No idea when I saw it. The Illusionist. Saw in theaters. As did I. Yeah. Uh, Talladega Nights, colon The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Saw in theaters well before this. I've never seen. Weekend. Really? Really. You wouldn't like it. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I knew that about myself then, and I still do today. Amy Adams is in it. Uh, yeah, that's good. Barnyard. Saw in theaters by myself. As herself. did I.
1: I thought though I remember that being enjoyable.
0: No, I remember nothing. I think
1: it. I saw it because it was like this is supposed to be good. Like yeah. I think it has like a high seventies on Tomatoes
0: or some shit. Go uh, World Trade Center. <laughs> you and I saw in theaters. Yeah, together. Yeah, Michael Pena. Uh, <laughs> Michael
1: Pena and Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, so many impressions I don't, oh so don't want to do That's on the podcast. Accepted. You and I Classic saw that in theaters. Film. Great movie. Uh, really scared to rewatch it.
0: No, I think it's still good. Alright. Uh Step Up. Did you Channing see. Tatum was born. Have never seen Like a Babe. Yep. Uh now we're into the eleventh film. That's Am I fine. still going? Yeah, good. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Great, we can just move on. Beer Fest. Didn't I think I saw that on video. Keep going. The opening of a film
1: called Crossover. Basketball that nobody saw. Or some dance thing. And uh, nobody saw it. Go ahead. How to eat fried worms? No, did you ever read How it. to Eat Fried I Worms? I may have read it, but I didn't see the movie. I read movie. it many we times. I don't think old.
0: I saw the film. You're we too old for that. Uh, Snakes on a Plane. We we both saw that. Of course, front front of the line. Yeah, we were the only ones there. Idlewild. <laughs> saw that. Mom loves that movie. All
1: right. Outcast. You should yeah. see that at some point. Yeah. Material Girls. No, that's Hillary and Haley Duff. No, I didn't see it. Monster House. Saw that, I remember Ebert giving that like four stars, and then I saw it, and I was like, I don't know if it's that good.
0: I uh, I think I saw Monster House as well. That had a no huge budget, by the way. Oh, there okay. was
1: another movie that had a huge budget, and I wanted to tell you to really freak you out, and I don't remember what it is. Oh,
0: I know. Is it Paranorman? No. Is that on the list too? No, it's just, I think, came out at a similar time, and I'd mm. conflate the two. I think Monster House had like Spielberg as a
1: producer. Yeah, I was going to say,
0: it wasn't Spielberg
1: involved. Yeah, so it had like his name up there and shit, and uh, cost, oh, it only cost $75 million? Right, I don't know what I'm worried about. Evan Almighty, no, my birthday movie. Uh-huh. The year came out, 2007. You may have gone
0: to that. I did not. Never seen Evan don't Almighty. don't know
1: why you didn't come to my birthday. We'll talk about
0: that in a minute. Because <laughs> you went and saw Evan Almighty.
1: <laughs> the sequel to Bruce Almighty, huge hit. Suddenly, see, two years after Four Old Virgin, yeah. Office is a big hit. Steve Carell's a big thing. It makes total sense to take his breakout character from that and give him his own sequel. Morgan Freeman's back, the director's back, it makes perfect sense. It However, does. it has to do with a biblical flood, so the budget's got to go up, you know way I mean? up, in fact. Well, I don't know about way up, but uh, I want to know what uh, what you think it cost. Do I get to know what Bruce Almighty cost? Sure thing, I can tell you that. Although I do want you to remember that the story here is just more latent because this is about like a biblical event. Little, there's, a, little, yeah. there's another flood coming. Sure. Uh, Bruce Almighty costs
0: $81 million, probably all having to go to Jim Carrey, I would sure. imagine. Uh, all right, so then I will... That was four years earlier. I will try not to overshoot this uh, and ruin the game, and I will say one hundred and twenty. million. How much would you pay for it? How much would I pay for Evan Almighty? Evan Almighty, again, offices is hitting two yeah. years after
1: Field Virgin... Four years after Bruce Almighty's, like the highest-grossing, you know, live-action comedy
0: and shit. I I think I would I would want to pay a hundred million dollars, but I think a hundred and twenty is reasonable. Okay, cost hundred and seventy-five
1: million dollars to make.
0: It's bad. It's too many dollars together we in one place. Imagine
1: initially the budget was at one forty. It's because they built like a full arc. Like they built Why? a whole. Th-
0: don't, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't. We're all do talking that. about
1: practical effects and how fun practical effects are. But yeah, uh,
0: but at a, at a certain
1: point, act within reason. You're crazy because usually when there's a big budget on a comedy, it usually goes to the principal players, the uh-huh. Ferrells back in the day. Yeah. Steve Carell got five million dollars. It still Jesus costs one hundred and seventy-five. He barely got paid, and it still costs one hundred seventy-five. Once marketing, the film's budget exceeded two hundred million dollars. I,
0: I, I want to be the executive at that company, and gather together my producers, my loyal team, mm-hmm. and say to them, "You cannot take eighty-eight million dollars a piece." And go make two successful movies for me? Yeah. You can't do that?
1: Yeah. It's impossible? There's also a bunch of animals that had to be in a controlled location. Brought the budget up to 175 Or maybe,
0: like, we can't think of some way to put a modern spin on this story? It's just the fucking flood? We gotta build the ark and get the animals?
1: Universal get uh, it back defended the cost of the film saying it was designed as a four quadrant film and therefore poised for bigger box office returns than typical comedies it ended up they defended the cost of the film saying we thought it would work it ended up cost it ended up making a 173 two million less than the budget yeah worldwide go ahead and uh, plug us up we're it, done right? yeah
0: great yeah unless you want me to keep no, reading because no, no, I'm that's good because I'm gonna that's stop fine. anyway. You can find us at com. We are on Twitter at witboxoffice. That is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I'm at Brian DeSerber, D S U R B R. Of course, you can find the feed for our podcast anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple Podcasts, the big three. Yeah. The triumvirate of podcast platforms. But the little guys are good, too. I use a little guy. You used to use a little guy. I use Stitcher now. Uh, you do use Stitcher now. I uh, and uh, so it's it's all good. Big, little, anywhere in between. We, we're happy for a listen. and We're happy you've been with us here today. We'll see you next week. What's coming out? Oh, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Will it be the
1: first ever film to be released on Labor Day and gross over $100 million in opening weekend? And will it be the first film of 2021 to gross over $100 million in its opening weekend? Reviews are there. There's some concern that the Spider-Man trailer took away some buzz from Shang-Chi. Who's to say? We'll find out next weekend. That's a lot to look forward to. We'll see you then. I've been your host, Brian. I've been your host, Noah. This has been What's in the Box Office, and until next week, if you feel safe, go see a movie.